Yeah. He is. All that's left of him is this contest. And you know what? It just seems like he wouldn't want you winning it. A fanboy knows a hater, and I know you've got a whole department of oologists in your ear. So if you want to know what I really think, I think you're full of shit. A fanboy knows a hater. First to the key, first to the egg. Let's jump right into this week's episode, a special one. Get your quarters ready, your pizza and soda, and whatever pop culture costume you want to don, or I guess they call it cosplay now. This is the Pool Scene Podcast, and it's always two-player co-op here. I'm Kevin, KSB when entering a high score, and joined by Jim. Jim, what initials do you enter for a high score? My initial son, J.C. C. You weren't an ass guy. I wasn't an ass guy. I wasn't a Billy Mitchell USA guy. It was just, you know who I am, JCC. Or sometimes ACE. Let's not talk about Billy Mitchell. Yeah, fuck him and his sauce. Uh, somebody's avatar in the Oasis would be Billy Mitchell, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, BM. This, <laughs> this week's episode is special for a few reasons. First, we are covering a movie that was a book, and we're also going to be spending some time discussing the book. We've never done that. Next, Jim had never seen the movie until a few hours ago. Fantastic. Hasn't read the book either. Mm -mm. Third, because of this week's format, there will be no pool check. However, there will be an after hours episode to follow, which will be an episode length pool check. And finally, we are joined by guests, not just guests, but our first ever returning guests. From We Be Rambling on YouTube, we have Corey and Tunza in studio. AKA Steve Coots. Hi guys. Uh, so what initials do you enter for a high school? Um, if it lets you put numbers, it'd be 808. You're in the Kanye. Yeah. 808. Yeah. 808s and breaks. Yep. And if I was an avatar, it'd be Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> so full of himself. Which Kanye? Yeah. <laughs> like modern day Kanye with his oh, big sneakers. Blonde <laughs> hair. What about, uh, what about you, Tonza? What, uh, what initials? FML or FLS. FML is great because back then it didn't have any meaning. It didn't mean anything. Yeah. When those games were out, if you put FML, they just assumed it was My your initials. My play has FLS and I just like to think, fuck life sucks. <laughs> 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 All right, so uh, next question. What avatar would you use in the Oasis? Jim, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Oh, what avatar would I use in the Oasis? I'd use Avatar from... No. <laughs> I'd from be a avatar. black Navi. Uh, I would use... I guess you would have to make any avatar. If I had to pick it from the game or like a movie... Can you I can use anything. That's I the, would be Ben Richards from The Running Man. Nice. That is an excellent one. There There's no Arnold in this movie, so nope. that's an excellent one. Who wants to go next, Corey? Avatar. Just Kanye. Yeah, yeah just Kanye. Kanye. How about you, Tonza? Uh, me but buff nice <laughs> i like it i uh i think i would probably select parts from a number of characters i liked so i'd make like an amalgamation of a bunch i'd he'd have like big lebowski dude clothes lexington like, steel cock like jason mask <laughs> and like yeah lexington steals cock yeah just the, hanging out the dude but uh, jason yes <laughs> <laughs> so I am giddy about this one. This is the most research I've done in an episode of this podcast. Probably the most research I've done on anything since college. And I didn't do that much research in college. We are talking about the 2018 film Ready Player One directed by Steve Steven Spielberg. Have you guys heard of him? Yes. No. How about... <laughs> 
I know Dave Spielberg. He's a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Steven, I love Jaws 4. Steven Spielberg. Huh? This movie is based on the book of the same name from 2011, written by Ernest Klein. Ernie Klein. Everyone on mic other than Jim, so three out of four of us have read the book. I just read it again over the past few days. So excluding Jim, Corey and Tanza, let me know if you read the book first or saw the movie first and which you prefer. Um, so I seen the movie first and then like probably like two years later, I read the book, which is pretty recent. I like the details of the book over the movie, but I think the movie's good too. Um, I started the beginning of the book probably when it came out and then finished the book right before the movie came out. Yeah, so you like started the book, watched the movie, finished the book. No, no. I, I, I read the end of the book before the movie, but okay. still way, way. Pretty much on brand yeah. for you. I, uh, I, <laughs> I read the book directly before the movie, and then I saw the movie and was like, what? So at first I did not like the movie really at all. I was like really mad at the movie after reading the book. But then I saw the movie probably 30 times after and got really used to the movie. And then after going back and reading the book, it's, I definitely have a better appreciation for both now. So I like parts of the book better. I like parts of the movie better, which we're going to discuss here shortly. So Warner Brothers bought the rights to make this movie a year before the book was released, which how bonkers is that? It was an eight year journey from there with a lot of technology developed to create the virtual world of the Oasis. Ernest Klein's book was a New York Times number one bestseller. So before we get into the movie portion of the episode, Jim, tell us about the budget and box office for the movie and how we were living just two and a half years ago in March of 2018. Seems like a different world back then. March 29th, 2018, the budget of RP1 was $130 million and it ended up making $582 million at the box office. So it was a pop culture smash. In the world that we lived in on March 29th, 2018, the NASA twin study finds that astronaut Scott Kelly is no longer identical to his twin brother, who is now a senator. After one year in space, 7% of his genes were altered. And I believe the report said he is now, I want to say they said he's like a minute or two younger now than he is it was his identical well, twin brother. The senator passed the anti-mutant laws and then had his brother executed, right? That's right. That's right. That's what happens. X-Men. Yes, it's it's he's Scott Kelly and his brother Mark, senator-elect, are full-on X-Men. All right? X-Men. So Where's they're X-Men. <laughs> toy Chain Toys R Us, the toy store that we all love, we all grew up with, announced it will close all of its stores in the United States after filing for bankruptcy. These aren't supposed to be sad, Jim. I know. There was a... <laughs> Last week you talked about uh, Joey Buttafuoco and yeah, getting shot in the face. You talked about the, the Watts riots. Yeah, the last week we're talking about Toys R Us going under. Hey, man, it, you know there the past four years have been a clusterfuck. Name one happy thing. This that has year happened. has been five years. Been, so it literally has been. If we ever do a movie from 2020, it's going to be interesting when I have to tell you what happened in 2020. We almost died. <laughs> Next up, the U.S. soldier Kevin. Here's a bright bright spot receives the world's first penis and scrotum transplant at john hopkins university in baltimore maryland so he got an amazingly new bionic rig i mean how can you not think that's a joyous occasion god bless him and now ladies and gentlemen once again your alan jackson update for march 2018 hey, people started 
looking at me different, put me up on this pedestal like I was some kind of saint or something, you know. And I was like, man, I'm just a saint or simple song. Where do you start? Can yeah. I change my avatar to Alan Jackson? You want to be Alan Jackson? I want to be a cyborg Alan Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a half a, like a Terminator face, and he's got the cowboy hat. Oh, it'd be the best. And here is your Alan Jackson update. On March the 24th, Alan Jackson was a part of the Honky Tonk Highway Tour, and he operated it with Randy Hauser. And that was your Alan Jackson update for March of 2018. On to Kevin. All right, so this, is, this movie's often described as Willy Wonka meets The Matrix. I would say the book's much more Willy Wonka because it talks about the location of the keys as, you know, sort of like Willy Wonka. But the good thing is, though, you didn't have a Grandpa Joe trying to get in on all the action like that asshole did in Willy Wonka. Yeah, Grandpa Joe, he pretended not to walk. And then as soon as the golden ticket showed up, he's like dancing. Yeah, Mama Bucket washed his ass how many times over 20 years? Terrible. It's ours, Charlie. Four of them slept in the same bed. Uh, one so. had no eyes one had no eyes <laughs> what was the other grandpa's name i can't remember what i thought about. i did a video about grandpa, this. no eyes yeah he also was eliminated by the uh anti-mutant uh, law god damn it uh, so <laughs> he was a mutant the the movie's more matrix matrix e let's get in the plot of the movie only i'm not going to fill in any voids that i know from the book this is an explanation of the movie as it's presented we'll talk about the book later the movie opens in the stacks in Columbus, Ohio in the year 2045. The world spends most of their time inside a virtual reality simulation called OASIS, which stands for Ontologically Anthropocentric Sensory Immersive Simulation. Not the band. Yes. I was waiting for a don't look back in anger no, reference no or what's the story. No Gallagher or anything like that. Uh, the, o- the Oasis was created by Gregarious Games founders James Halliday and Ogden Morrow. The Oasis started as a game but became a worldwide phenomenon. After And then after Halliday dies, the recording of Halliday is sent out to the Oasis via his avatar, Anorak. The recording announces a contest, so very Willy Wonka-like. The first person to find three keys will unlock an Easter egg, which will grant that person Halliday's stock in gregarious games, as well as total control of the Oasis. Five years pass from the message, and no one finds a key. Someone unmentioned has cracked the first clue and discovers that the key can be obtained by winning a race. In the five years since the message, there are a large number of gunters, short for egg hunters, which are the people inside the Oasis who dedicate their time to only hunting for the keys. Now, a little bit of backstory. I said I wasn't going to fill it in, but before the first clue, everybody just did whatever death matches or just like decorating or whatever they wanted to do inside creating the Oasis. Planets yeah, creating their own planets. Yeah, creating their own planets. Yeah, just whatever they wanted to do. But Basically, once the contest was announced, a bunch of people shift, shift their focus to only finding the keys. There is a company named Innovative Online Industries, referred to as IOI, that are professional gunters. Their army of thousands of employees are referred to as Sixers. If the Sixers are able to find the egg, the CEO of IOI, Nolan Sorrento, plans to monetize the currently free Oasis by covering the entire world in advertising. Wade Watts is an 18-year-old who lives with his aunt and her trash boyfriend in the stacks. His avatar in the Oasis is Parzival, named for the knight who found the Holy Grail by himself. The stacks can be thought of as low-income housing as it's just trailers like stacked on top of each other from you know, ground to sky. Wade actually sleeps on the washer and dryer. 
and he's obsessed with Halliday and knows everything about him through research he has done at Halliday's journals, which is recorded archives of Halliday's life and all his favorite things. It's You can think of it as like a library. While at the archives, reviewing a moment in which Halliday essentially fired his best friend Ogden Morrow, Wade focuses on a moment when Halliday says he wants things to go back back to when the Oasis was just a game. He specifically says, I wish we could go backwards really fast. Pedal to the metal. Bill and Ted did it. Wade realized that this is how you win the race for the first key. Wade does exactly that, becomes the first person on the scoreboard in the Oasis. He receives a ton of coins as well as upgrades to his character with all the best available weapons. He also cashes out for the best possible AI suit in real life, a haptic boot suit. A Gunter celebrity named Artemis, who Wade has a crush on, sees Wade do this, and then she gets a key, and then Wade tells his best friend H, and then H and two more of Wade's friends get the key. After receiving a key, they all get a hint for how to find the second key. For being the first five right after each other, they are given the nickname, the High Five. Sorrento has a mercenary named Irock, who he purchases weapons from. Sorrento asks Irock to learn Parzival's true identity in the real world. Wade and Artemis go to Halliday's journals for research based on the clue and decide to go on a date. During this research, the AI curator gives Parzival a quarter for stumping him. Halliday had went on a date with a woman named Kira, but he never made a move. Kira ended up marrying Halliday's partner, Ogden Morrow. She's described as the rosebud of Halliday's life, the key to everything. But Wade mentions that she only appears in the journals once, which curator says couldn't be possible. When the curator computes that Parzival is correct, he gives him a quarter. I only mention this because it's important later. Parzival and Artemis go on a date to a club, but they are followed by Irock. Parzival tells Artemis his real name Wade and tells her he loves her like a real jerk. They are then attacked by Irock, who now knows Wade's real-life identity, and IOI knows his identity as well, but he uses what's called a Zemeckis cube to go back 60 seconds in time and escape with Artemis. Artemis is obviously happy to have escaped, but tells Wade that her dad died in a camp owned by IOI, and if you owe a debt to IOI, you have to work the debt in a labor camp. She thinks Wade wants to win the egg for the wrong reasons, selfish ones instead of helping the world be a better place. Sorrento invites Wade to help IOI and makes him a lucrative offer. When Wade says no, Sorrento blows up the stacks, killing his aunt. Kill, not just killing his aunt, but literally killing like everybody in or the stack. Or as he called it, you killed my mother's sister. My mother's oh, sister, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> my mother's sister. <laughs> Wade, Wade escapes, but is kidnapped in real life. When he wakes up, he learns that he has been kidnapped, not by IOI, but by Artemis, who is Samantha in real life. At Samantha's hideout, they crack the second key and complete a mission based around The Shining, which is the movie Halliday and Kira saw on their one date. After they get the key, Sorrento's IOI subordinate, Finale, locates them and puts Samantha in an IOI loyalty center to pay off her father's debt. So you have to pay off your parents' debt, yeah, not just your own. But uh, Wade finds out his best friend in the OHS, H is actually a woman in real life. Along with the other members of the High Five, they find a way to use Sorrento's Oasis rig to hack. They, it's like they perform Inception, making um, Sorrento think that he's in real life when he's actually in the Oasis. They hack Samantha's rig to break her out of the loyalty center, and then the third challenge is actually found first by IOI, and it's on Halliday's avatar's home planet, Doom, where the third key is uh, found. Halliday's uh, Halliday's favorite Atari 2600 game is the source of the, the challenge. IROC uses a powerful weapon to put a force field around the challenge so that no one else can play it except IOI. Parzival sends a message to the Oasis 
uh, basically tells every user, come fight with me. And we essentially get a war that ensues between players of the Oasis versus IOI. Artemis disables the force field from within IOI, allowing Parzival to get inside. IOI keeps selecting the wrong game on the Atari 2600. At one point, they do select the correct game, Adventure, but do not receive the key when they complete it. Wade knows that the challenge is not to complete Adventure, but actually to find the Easter egg. Imagine if it was E.T., Jesus, this movie would never have ended. You'd have to find the 35,000 copies that were buried. (laughs) So before Wade can complete this, Sorrento activates the Cataclysm, killing every single player in the Oasis. However, Parzival reappears. The quarter that the curator gave him earlier was an extra life. Or as Wade says it, and irritates me, (laughs) extra live. Parzival completes the challenge. Hey, extra life, how's it going? (laughs) Now with three keys, he enters a treasure room. Anorak asks him to sign a contract, very Willy Wonka. Parzival recognizes the contract as the one Morrow signed when Halliday fired him. He knows a tr- he knows this is a trick and refuses to sign. Anorak transforms into Halliday in his childhood bedroom. He gives Wade the egg. Meanwhile, in real life, Sorrento has pursued them but is arrested for bombing the stacks. Ogden Morrow arrives and reveals himself as the curator. Wade wants to split ownership of the Oasis evenly among the High Five. And Morrow joins as a consultant for a salary of one quarter. IOI loyalty centers are shut down. The High Five make the controversial decision to close the Oasis on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Not Mondays and Wednesdays, but specifically Tuesdays and Thursdays. Why not Saturdays Saturdays and Sundays? Sundays. Closing it down would shut down the whole world. (laughs) Why not Friday? You can get a nice fish dinner on a Friday if you're Catholic. They want people to spend more time in the real world. So unless anyone has anything else to mention, I'm sorry, that plot is long. (laughs) The book plot's long. It's a lot. It's hard to break down. I will say, though, that was a long... How long was that movie? Because it seemed rather depthy. Um, I think it's like two hours, 15 minutes. Yeah, it's, okay, it's that's what I that thought. Yeah. I think it moves pretty quick. Okay, so let's get into the characters. We have Ty Sheridan as Wade Watts, Parzival. Olivia Cook plays Samantha Cook, who is Artemis. She's got schmutz on her face. She does. Ben yep. Mendelsohn plays so, uh, Nolan Sorrento. We have Lena Waith as Helen Harris H. T.J. Miller as Irock, a very different character in the movie and book. Simon Pegg as Ogden Morrow. Mark Rylance as James Halliday. And then a bunch of others. Um, nobody really worth mentioning. Sorry to those if they listen. Robocop. Robocop's in the movie. <laughs> Peter Weller. Ba- Batman he helps, voice. He helps Sting on the WCW planet. <laughs> yes. Capital <laughs> Combat planet. So this is tough, but which actor or actress gives the best performance or a passable performance? And does any character steal scenes? Now, the reason this is a little weird is because it's like voice acting because half the movie is yeah. i will call it animated but it's not really animated, yeah most so. of it is like somewhat cgi yeah, so yeah, yeah. Say that would be 80 so who's movie. your favorite who which acting performance or which character I, don't know, I think artemis stands out the most for me sorry about the blindfold my guys are a little paranoid say that again my guys are a little paranoid artemis my real name is Samantha, but yeah, I'm Artemis. Showers that way, clean clothes too. Welcome to the rebellion, Wade. I don't know, she seems like more in tune with herself, where like Wade's very awkward, which I, I guess kind of works for his character as a whole, but I think she does a good job as Artemis. Kind of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a bitch. Yeah. Steve Koontz. 
CG version yeah. of like her, him. Funny. It's really yeah, funny. Like yeah. Very comedic. I don't know. They're like every part. I'll, I'll say Mark Rylance as James Halliday. I liked how things were when they were. When it was a game. And we're back to where we started. But that's the point, isn't it? Things move forward, whether you like it or not. Why can't we go backwards? For once. Again, I, I said I didn't want to integrate the book until we get to the book, but in the book, he's described as having like Asperger's or being on the autism spectrum. So he plays a really like convincing performance of, you know, having like social awkwardness and, you know, kind of that stereotypical, like, this is what we think nerds are. But to have the amount of information about, you know, his hobbies, it makes sense. So I have Halliday. How about you, Jim? In a weird way, I'd have to say Artemis. But there's something about what's the what's the main kid's name? I almost Wade. said recliner. Parzival. Uh, yeah, Parzival <laughs> is recliner. Is recliner. He's literally a, a couch. <laughs> I like that kid, but he also gets on my damn nerves quite a bit. I, I if if I had to pick one, I'd say uh, H. How'd you get here before me? Well, I didn't make a pit stop at the hair salon. What up, Z? What's up, H? Saved you a spot. Thanks, bro. <laughs> I gotta go to the back. Ooh, so you can skim coins from crashed cars? That's just sad, man. Fuel's low. Oh, but you still have enough to pay for that something about Mary hairdo. I like H, okay. who I H thought was KRS1. <laughs> H is fun. H is fun because it's the... Oasis gives you an opportunity to catfish, basically. Like, you can be whoever you want to be. You can conceal your real identity. So what's the fun in being yourself? And H is like really the one to embrace that where H is like, I'm going to be a giant monster it, a who's game. a different gender. It's a game. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I also really like that H is the one that always talks about Artemis being a 300 pound man named Chuck, Chuck yeah. from suburban Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then H ends up being the one. See, yeah. you, you call out what you, uh, what you actually are. So with that said, uh, let's move to <laughs> best scenes. Who wants to begin you want me to go? Go ahead, Jim. Okay. The one that stuck out to me, because it's one of the best movies of all time, it's The Shining. The entire Shining scene. The Shining. It's Halliday's 11th favorite horror film, and it's based on the best-selling book by Stephen King, who hated the movie. Hey, no side chit-chat. I think we found it. Are you absolutely sure you want to go here? Absolutely positive. Let's hope you have the belly for it. So the second key is yes. the shining so yes. they determined that before kira married ogden morrow halliday had went on a date with kira but he was afraid to kiss her so that was kind of their only date we've all been there yeah we and, get that and that date ended up being to see the movie the shining so the second key what what the fuck are you laughing at me for i'm not laughing at you i'm just saying i haven't been there oh i'm sorry he's kissed every girl he's <laughs> wanted to ever <laughs> yeah Pretty he much. was 100% successful. And I had to work for it. I had to sit through the Titanic, the Grinch who stole oh. Christmas. I had to go through all of it, man. <laughs> Try making out for 25 minutes during the Grinch who stole Christmas in front of a bunch imagine, of young kids. Imagine animated Halliday. Grinch? No, or? the Jim Carrey one from uh, 20 years imagine ago. Imagine if Halliday had taken care to see the Grinch and you're <laughs> in the Grinch. It's a completely different movie. 
<laughs> so yeah, to get back to your scene. So yeah. Halliday and Kira, they went on a date to see The Shining. So therefore, the leap not taken, the second key is for them to actually go inside the movie The Shining. Yeah, the Overlook Hotel. Yeah, so it's very... I know that when you saw it, you uh, were kind of like, whoa, because it was it's... So it was dead on accurate. Yeah, it's an exact representation. But what made it great was H had never saw the movie. Yes. And so he did not know about 237. <laughs> he didn't know the blood coming out of the elevators. Yeah. It was fantastic. H literally asks the other Daito show. He's like, I've never seen The Shining. Is it scary? <laughs> and then he... So the first thing he does, he talks to the twins. Yep. He presses the button on the elevator, and then he goes into room 237. So the, pretty much every, like, the worst thing, worst combination of things you could do. I mean, that whole thing was great, but when the the naked chick comes out of the bathtub... Oh, uh, hi, naked lady. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your, uh, your bath time. I, I know self-care can be important. Uh, but can you do me a favor and tell me where are all the exits? Oh, I'm sorry, naked lady. I'm just going with it. <laughs> funny all right who's who wants to talk a scene next? um talk a scene next. talk a scene <laughs> my favorite scene is the dance place is it called like fractured something the uh distracted globe distracted yeah. globe i've been thinking maybe it'd be cool if we met up in the real world now nah, you'd be disappointed oh, i wouldn't i like you you don't even know me this isn't what i really look like this isn't my real body or my real face I don't care. I want to know your real name. It's, I don't know, like, it, I don't really like the scene itself. I just like the way that it's designed, where you jump off the ledge, and then it's like zero gravity, and you yeah. kind of just float, and then they have those abilities to throw those things down, so they start, like, disco dancing. Fortnite. Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh... So, that one's funny, because uh, in the lead-up to it, so Artemis going on a date with Wade as Parzival, and Parzival's very nervous about the date, so he's trying to figure out what he wants to wear, and he's, like, doing the change of, of clothes, and, which is honestly a nod to 80s and 90s movies. Yes, we have a lot time. of these, you know, scenes. Buckaroo Bonsai. Yeah, he dressed and, like Buckaroo. He decides to dr- dress as Buckaroo Bonsai. Which we'll, we'll be covering on this podcast. So then he shows up, she likes his outfit, and then um, this scene kind of blows things open a bit, because they dance together... You know, it's really neat. And then he's like, I love you. Yeah, he's straight I love you. My he's name straight is Wade. Up. Yeah. She tries <laughs> My to warn social him. is. <laughs> yeah, she tries to warn him. Like, listen. Shut up. You can't be out as yourself. Like somebody's always after you. And he's just like, my name is Wade. I love you. My credit card number is 814-785. <laughs> I yeah, played a trailer so, under. Did they play the <laughs> typical music over his changing outfits montage? They didn't. Not uh, right side Fred. I'm yeah. too sexy. They <laughs> shut out. Stunned. He downloads. He doesn't really know how to dance, so he downloads like a. a yeah, they're like these little like patch. Things. Yeah, patch, so that his character can dance. And that's a Saturday Night Fever reference. This movie's nothing but references. Everything is like stolen from something else. So it's weird because that's seventies Saturday Night Fever is seventies. Seventy seven. Very seventies, eighties, a little bit of nineties. Well, the movie version, I guess, goes modern. Yeah. Tonza, what's your, which one do you would talk about? I mean, I would say the race. The like, human race? <laughs> the race? <laughs> All of us, guys. I love us. Uh, now, the race. H, are you seeing this? Yeah, I see it. That's Canada's bike from Akira. It's a licensed skin over standard frame. No, not the bike. Forget the bike. The girl. I think it's Artemis. Be Artemis? The sixer fixer? I've seen all her walkthroughs, her Twitch streams. It's her. It's definitely her. My favorite part of the race is when he figures out the key and goes in reverse and goes like underneath 
the track. So the race is the first key yeah. that he has to complete. And he figures it out by going to the journals that you have to go backwards. So everybody, we don't know how long, a year maybe, everybody's yeah. been showing up to this race and literally just like losing every day. Does no one think about what if I try and go backwards on the track? Like that just seems like something you could almost figure out on accident. The first thing I'm going to do is go backwards. I played That's, NASCAR. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it just seems like somebody would have figured that out on accident. It, it's frustrating because the race is the exact same pattern every damn race. Right. It ends with King Kong and, blocking and the no game. And no one ever wins. Exactly. Nobody ever does. So after a couple of days, you'd think, okay, there's no way to win going forward. He so, also steals everybody's money. He like yeah. rides in the back. What's his poor? He has to. Yeah. yeah but he's, he's like, poor. oh, you know, this guy died. Well, scoop so they don't up. talk about that that much in the movie, but in the book, which we'll get into, Money's like very important. Mm-hmm. Like you literally cannot go anywhere in the Oasis if you don't have money. You can't transfer it, anywhere. You can't have vehicles. You can't have weapons. You need money for everything. Yeah, it like costs just to transfer from like planet yeah. to planet. Yeah. So he, he doesn't have enough gas to drive through the race. So he literally has to get behind cars that have crashed so he can collect steal their money. Yeah, but money. I think that scene is more impactful when you're seeing him do it backwards because you've seen them do it forward first. Yeah. So if you if yes, it would have really just smart started right, right into it, you would have been like, okay. But since he's been in the race and you've seen in the all race, this there's stuff. a bunch of reference. There's Bigfoot. There's he drives the DeLorean. Artemis has the light cycle from Tron, but with an Akira skin. You've got a Jurassic Park T-Rex. You've got King Kong. His DeLorean the way they kit. Up, like you can yeah. see, it's, yeah. like a, it's almost like an amusement park. Like. I want to play the race as a video game. Yeah, that would be so like cool. I want to play it. I'm shocked that they've never done that. Yeah, they've, that game. The game they, they've been t- trying to do like like VR stuff with it. But I, don't but know, I, I can imagine, though, getting any type of licensing agreement for a video game for this would be damn near impossible. There is a VR game for this movie. And it's nothing like... Well, I don't think I could even get the rights for like half of it. Okay, so let's talk about my first one, which is Nolan Sorrento trying to recruit Wade to IOI. Limited weapons, magic items, ships. You want the ship from Defender? You know, it kind of can just jump into hyperspace. You want the Millennium Falcon? You have that? Anything you need to help you find that egg. And then there's the salary. Four million a year. And if you do happen to find that Easter egg, there's a bonus, $25 million. The whole point of IOI is they're trying to win this contest so they can monetize the Oasis. They want to sell ads. They want to charge fees to use the Oasis. Whereas in the movie, the Oasis is free. Parzival's obviously got a leg up on everyone. He figured out the first key by himself. So therefore, he's obviously smart. Nolan Sorrento invites Parzival to have this powwow at ioi and he's basically the first thing wade does as parzival is challenges sorrento's knowledge and so sorrento's up to the task but it's only because they're feeding him lines into his headset he says hey man the first thing i'm gonna do is change the cafeterias to all john hughes movies or something and he it's because he has his ioi you know holiday experts feeding him the info but wade knows this and he calls him out on it and then uh, Parzival's a little too cocky by doing this because he doesn't know that Sorrento calls him Wade Watts. So I think basically Parzival goes into this thinking like be an asshole to this guy. And then Sorrento is like, okay, I expect him to say no, but I actually didn't call him here. <laughs> like if he says yes, great, you know, we'll use him. 
to find the egg. But it's funny because Sorrento knows his real identity. So he expects him to say no. So when, when Wade says no, Sorrento says, okay, Wade Watts. And he says, I'm blowing up your apartment right now, which he does. Yeah. They didn't fuck around with that. Yeah. So, uh, I have one more. Did anybody else have any they want to mention? Uh, mine's not really a full scene, but like towards the end when he's talking, he, what he's getting the Easter egg. I have to show you something. This it, come on. This is the button. If you push it, the whole simulation shuts down and a tapeworm program will erase all of the backup servers. So you now have the power to turn the Oasis off forever. You understand? Yeah, try, try, try not to accidentally erase the whole of the Oasis on your first day from holiday and then they're getting like slammed by the car yeah. and he almost shuts down the whole oasis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a button, a big red button that, uh, holiday says, if you press this button, it'll erase the entirety of the oasis. And when they get hit in the real world, he falls and, and he like, hits it. and he goes, try not erasing the entire <laughs> oasis on your first day. The last one I'll mention that I'm surprised didn't come up, uh, between any of us is, and maybe it's best that we're saving it for last. It's a final battle. Oh, so Yeah. He thinks that we won't even put up a fight. Well, I say he's wrong. I say tell that to the Gunter clans in the gold mines of Gygax. Activate the Iron Giant. So... It is endgame. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. It's <laughs> yeah. Avengers endgame. It's every character in the Oasis either coming to fight IY or to to like watch the battle at the very least. And you, if you paused these, this scene, you could probably pick out 500 pop culture references. It's like really crazy. Oh yeah. They packed a lot. Yeah. It's almost too much. And it's like, <laughs> you think about, they spent this time <laughs> animating this and you don't even see it. Like, yeah. unless you pause like it. Good, like CG. Yeah. It's like, great. This final scene is just like all out Braveheart style war with every character ever. Super good. Like when oh, he jumps yeah. down, oh, like yeah. it's like overly. I will say with all the references, I was kind of shocked because I brought it up when we watched it that they did not use the BFG gun from Doom because that's considered. Yeah. Get me if I'm wrong here, boys, but that's considered the most ultimate gun in video game history is the big fucking gun. I thought you were talking about the BFG, like the big fucking giant movie. <laughs> did Spielberg direct that? The big fucking giant. Wait a minute. The BFG. The movie. Oh my God, that's right. There was a BFG movie. Yeah. I, I think, don't remember if I it was Spielberg. Somebody somebody directed yeah. it. But yeah, so well, somebody could it did. have been My Giant with uh, Billy Crystal and uh, George Mirasan? I'm George Mirasan. That's my <laughs> avatar. All right. With that said, that's about it for Best Scenes. Bull check. Attention, pool sceners and lifeguards. Just a heads up for every one of you. The pool check will not be in this episode. It will be in the After Hours episode that will be coming out right after this very special podcast. So stay tuned for your pool check. Everybody back in the pool! All right, so let's get into the book plot and the differences. Now, right up front, I want to tell you guys, please bail me out here because I read the book. I wrote down the plot based on my experience reading the book. I tried to do this from a point of view where what is different in the book from the movie, but it's a lot. Like I could not edit myself. So please 
chime in if you've got anything to say if you want to stop and talk about something jim specifically because yeah you haven't read the book so if something's confusing to you uh, I'm, I'm more interested in reading the book now when you told me all the damn differences oh, it's there so are crazy so obviously this doesn't need to be mentioned but a movie can't include the details that a book can i know Corey, you said the audible version of this is it's like nine and a half yeah, hours it's like nine ten hours something you said like will that. wait is the uh yeah, he, yeah if you do the audible sure he's one. back too for the second one sweet so in my opinion, some things that were changed and omitted should have been kept and some things were deliberately best to be cut like Wade's virtual sex junkie phase. That's oh, weird. Gosh. I'm going to run through the plot of the book again with the perspective and focus of what's different from the movie. So I'm not going to stop and focus on the things that were the same, but rather things that were different. So there's a global energy crisis, catastrophic climate change, widespread famine, poverty, disease, several wars raging. So the only reason that James Halliday's death would make a blip on the news was due to his will. Halliday's will was emailed to all users in the Oasis. It's a music video staged to look like the movie Heathers with all the extras and pallbearers at the funeral being John Hughes movies. Well, there's a funeral service that follows. Next, Halliday shows himself playing Atari 2600 in his room as an eight-year-old and describes how Adventure included the name of a game designer in the first video game Easter egg. So that's basically, in the movie, that final scene when Parzival gets the egg and sees Halliday as an eight-year-old. In the book, that's included in Halliday's message in his will. So he says three hidden keys will open three hidden gates, and he gives the first clue. Halliday's website now has also changed to a scoreboard and hundreds of downloadable journals. This is where like everybody in the Oasis instantly downloads every journal and just memorizes them. This was a game that anyone could win, young or old. And since people began to immerse themselves in Halliday's thoughts about soda, music, pop culture, movies, video games, and so on, the world, the real world became obsessed with the 1980s again. So it was cool to be a gunter. But then when the several, the first several years passed with no keys found, despite the popularity of the Oasis growing, people started to think that the hunt was a hoax or an urban legend. That is until an 18 year old living in Oklahoma in an Oklahoma trailer park had his name appear on the scoreboard. This is where we learned that the narrator was the first to find a key and that since cartoons, books and miniseries have never got his story right, he will tell us himself. So essentially, this book is Wade's biography that he's writing himself. Okay. That's how the book is presented. Kind of like the vein from reading The Martian. Yeah. From the first yes. person. Yes. Okay. It's his. Such a good book. Yep. Yeah. So Wade lived in his aunt's trailer in the stacks, just as he does in the movie. But in the book, there are 15 people living in one trailer. So pretty ridiculous. Giving, uh, Wade gives himself an immense 80s education by studying Halliday's journals. I'll say throughout the book that Wade name drops just like so many TV shows, songs, video games. It's pretty much pandering to like a male 30-year-old audience. Yeah. yeah. Because it's just like every sentence is like Duran Duran, real genius. Like it's just, it's just nerding out. Well, he watches, uh, what's the TV show that he watches on the laptop? He watches like a million, but, he, uh, but he's he like obsessed. Family Ties. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. He he's like obsessed ties. with it. Wade's dad was killed looting actually during a blackout. His mom had two jobs, both in the Oasis. One is a telemarketer and one actually in a brothel. Wade says he was raised by the Oasis free education programs and by exploring a Sesame Street simulation. Now, an interesting thing is that when Ogden Morrow was fired by Halliday, he actually, him and Kira created educational systems for kids. So Wade's like childhood schooling was done by Ogden Morrow and Kira, which is pretty neat. Wade's mom died of a drug overdose when he was 11, which is when he moved in with her sister, his mom's sister. 
<laughs> that's right before Not the ant. That's right before the hunt for Halliday's eggs started. So he felt like he had a reason or a purpose because you got to think the quality of Wade's life is pretty much moot. I mean, he's a, a preteen teenager w- living with 15 people in a trailer and like, no, he's no parents. Like life on earth is awful. Everybody escapes the Oasis. Yep. Now, again, the Oasis, you have to have money to do anything. And he has none. Or the school gave him everything. Right. And we're going to get to that a little bit. So. Wade uh, would go to his hideout in an abandoned van within the stacks to go to high school, which was also done virtually in the Oasis. So previously, Wade had went to real high school, but he was bullied. So he was happy to transfer to school in the Oasis. So the Oasis experience, again, was much different based on how much money you had. With a new rig and modern technology, it essentially looked as good as real life. But like with what Wade was set up, it basically is probably the equivalent of like playing Grand Theft Auto. It was like a console. Accessing the Oasis was free. So anybody could get on the Oasis, but you needed money for literally anything. So to go to another planet on the Oasis, you had to have money. You could not transfer. So Wade had literally never been off of his planet. So Wade was, Wade's avatar was stuck on a planet named Incipio. So Incipio is where... Every character that spawned. So if you started a Oasis account, your character started on Incipio. The only thing that was on Incipio was like malls. Okay. So basically it was like a waiting room. It was like you could buy clothes for your character. Like if you wanted, the way I understand it, if you wanted to upgrade your character, you went to Incipio to change clothes and stuff. It's like the startup menu to a, a video game. Exactly. exactly. Okay. It's like Tony Hawk create a player is Incipio. So, but because Wade was accepted into school in the Oasis rather than real life school, his avatar got to travel to a planet called Ludus. Because that's where his school was. So Ludus basically was a planet with nothing but schools. I was going to ask about that during the movie. I was like, do none of these kids go to school at all? Yeah, they go to school in the Oasis on this planet called Ludus, which in the movie they actually reference a couple times. But in the book, it's like legit the first hundred pages. Okay. So Ludus, all the schools are essentially identical. But you go to whichever yeah, one. It's like a whole planet and it's like spaced out accordingly. Yeah. And there's there's a bunch of rules to school. Like you have to be logged in by a certain time. Right. He's uh he gets in trouble, isn't he? Yeah. Or he not does. Go, not yes. going. And you have to so in school, you're not he's not seen as parsable. He's literally seen as like every avatar is the same. But he's dumb enough that he gives them his real life information. He doesn't lie. <laughs> Again. Yes, exactly. So there's also no PvP on that planet. You right. Can't, you can't harm. No, all another. you can do is go to school. Yep. Okay. Put your stuff in a locker. So the Oasis also had virtual hangouts, which are kind of hard to describe. So each character, it's hard to describe the Oasis in the book as opposed to the movie. The movie makes it just seem like the Matrix. It, yeah, it's uh, I guess it's it's like a chat room. Yeah, like what would be like an AIM messenger like chat room or like a Discord server, but it's like you're but you literally your avatar literally goes there, yeah. has to be invited there, right? And you can do anything in that room. So like in H has the basement. The basement has like arcade cabs, records, like stuff like that. H was Wade's only friend, and he also spent a ton of time absorbing all of the content from an avatar named Artemis. So Artemis had like Twitch streams, essentially, or the equivalent of Twitch streams. She programmed her own TV show and stuff. Wade was pretty much in love with her without ever actually meeting her, knowing, talking to her or anything. It's like one of the coolest parts of the book. Yeah. They're yeah. Like broadcasting. Yeah. Twitch it's really neat how they, they how do. they explain it. 
There's like form. Now, like H everything. in the, and they sort of reference this at the beginning of the movie, but H in the book is like famous for being a deathmatch player. H is like one of the best deathmatch players in all of the Oasis. And they had initially met in a chat room and hit it off for having similar interests. I think they were like somewhere at the same time, you know, just hit it off. Now, Irock from the movie would actually come in their chat rooms because he went to school with H and he'd basically just be annoying and lame. Irock knew H because they had classes together while in school. Wade was goofing off one day and he actually was looking at, uh, you couldn't look at stuff in non-school stuff while you're in school. But Wade somehow hacked his visor and he was goofing off in school one day and he actually cracked the first clue and discovered that in a very Willy Wonka way, the first key was on Ludus. So like in Willy Wonka, it's like Charlie Bucket has no chance in getting a golden ticket because he just lives in this small town. Until he found it in a fucking storm drain. Yeah, <laughs> but he finds it in a storm drain. Exactly. So how did they put the first key on a free planet where kids go to school? Isn't the planet like he like looks at it like a map and it has like a skull yes, or something? Like exactly. Like, like, well, there. the clue, the clue that he gets is a reference to Dungeon and Dragons. Yeah. yeah. And when he takes the thing from Dungeon Dragons and overlays it on okay, the map of Ludus, I was like, well, it makes no sense. One there? It's a boss. So Wade uh, goes to the location, which is actually a cave. And he has to challenge a D&D monster to an arcade game of Joust. So he wins. He actually asks the monster if they can switch sides because he kind of always assumed that because Halliday loved Joust so much that he would, that they would like, this would come up. So him and H used to play a ton, but he would win because he would play on the left. It's like what something with like the way it's coded. It's like faster response. Time yes, or exactly. So he would play joust on the left side instead of the right. When Wade won and the monster transformed into Anorak, giving him the copper key. Now there was a clue on the back of the copper key where to find the first gate. Now here's another difference in the movie and book. The not that much closer because you have to find the key. Then you have to find the gate. You have to beat the gate challenge. Then you do it again. The key, gate, key, gate. So he gets a clue on the back of the copper key where to find the first gate. Before Wade can leave, he wants to like, he has to be at school. But before, he wants to like go straight to the gate and do it now. So as he's exiting the challenge, he actually sees Artemis. Artemis had actually figured it out. And it turns out she's been trying to beat this D&D monster at Joust for over a month. Wade did it on his first time yeah. and she's been doing it over a month. Now he slips up because he's an idiot Yeah, and he gives her a clue to switch sides. She does and she wins. So she's like right on his heels. So they became acquainted. Wade was quickly able to determine that the clue for the gate would take him to the virtual version of Halliday's childhood in Middletown, Ohio. Halliday created a recreation of his childhood home and he had beat, he had to beat Dun dragons of Daggeroth on a TRS 80 in Halliday's childhood bedroom. And when he did, he entered the copper gate to find himself inside the movie war games. Now, Jim, I don't remember TRS 80 that much. Texas instruments. You would buy those at radio shack. Okay. Or a Tandy, if you will. Gotcha. So again, he enters the copper gate. He finds himself inside the movie war games. His challenge was to reenact and say all of the lines of the Matthew Broderick character for <sighs> the entire movie. I would love to have seen that in the actual movie though. 
seriously yeah. that is such a great iconic end scene on war games so and like you said the the interesting thing is that he talks about it a little bit in the book this is so cool that halliday had programmed it because once he beat it then it became a thing that was available all the time in the oasis so you could do this to any movie yeah you could pick the movie and then try and like act it out it became like an interactive part okay so he was given the clue for the jade key and according to the scoreboard artemis again had completed the copper gate right after him before wade could find the next key h had also completed the gate now h was really smart knew that parzival had no money so knew that parzival couldn't travel anywhere or anything so it had to be on ludus so i guess with a new you know i realized that the mission was on ludus i rock tried to blackmail them for hints uh when they didn't give them up he really blew the whole thing open because he told the entire oasis that wade and h went to school on ludus so the entire oasis was like well then it obviously is on ludus like they know it's there so soon two more avatars appeared on the scoreboard Daito and Shoto, both in the movie. Who I keep calling Daigo. Yeah. Both in the movie. <laughs> the Street Fighter kid. Neither of them are friends. Like, they're not friends uh, like they are in the movie. So, in the book, Sorrento also blows up the stacks for not helping IOI, but he had actually found Wade's name through school records, not through. Uh, he, sa- he says oh, his he name. Oh, he says his name in the distracted glove. You're right. Buying a suit. Yeah. So, he pulled up his school records and got it that way. So. Wade actually calls a meeting of the high five to meet virtually for the first time. It doesn't really go well. They don't see eye to eye and they don't get a plan to stop IOI or a plan to work together. Basically, Daito and Show are like, nope, we don't clean up. We don't want any help. So Wade buys a new identity on the equivalent of the dark web with a new social security number, new fingerprints, etc. He uses this new identity to move to a high rise apartment in Columbus after receiving his endorsement check so this is a ridiculous thing in the book wade gives permission for his avatar parzival to literally endorse everything so they he doesn't need to do anything okay they just take his avatar and he advertises for everything so they hoard his avatar they hoard his avatar they use it as the face of every product trojan yes exactly (laughs) sex suit yeah (laughs) he makes a ton of money from these endorsement deals But now his name is Bryce Lynch. It's no longer Wade Watts. Yeah. He's Bryce Lynch. It's a great poor name. I'm not going to lie. But uh, he has access to get back his Wade Watts identity whenever he wants. Basically, when he finds the egg, he can return to Wade Watts. How convenient is that, that he can just get his old identity back? So Wade is spending too much time talking to Artemis instead of focusing on the hunt. Essentially, he stops doing anything for the hunt. He only cares about Artemis. And it's pretty fascinating. She rejects him because it's bad for the hunt, which is true. And this is kind of where Wade goes sideways a bit. Speaking of Trojan, (laughs) it's an understatement. He upgrades all his equipment to the peak of their capabilities. Then he spends a week having nonstop sex on a brothel planet. Now we're talking. Needless to say. Get her, Bryce. He also gets really into masturbation. Hey, who doesn't? Just thought Jack and it was really cool. (laughs) Just like forces himself to work out. And, so he well, doesn't get like super fat. Uh, but first, <laughs> he removes all of his body hair, including his eyebrows, with a non-toxic solution because it eliminated the need for haircuts or maintenance. So he uses this nair stuff and he just looks like a, a mole, like so a baby he's, mole. He's virtually smooth like a dick. Yes. He, his entire he's body. A, he's a giant dickhead. Can he get a virus? 
I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> they're malware. Wait a minute. Oh, I was like, what are you saying? He could just fuck her. That's a good point. Could he get computer aids? Yes. <laughs> computer aids. Yeah. Can you buy a cure? Yeah. It's called Norton. So he now doesn't have friends because <laughs> he's, he spent so much time talking to Artemis before she cuts him off that he hasn't talked to H. So their relationship's strained. He has no friends. So he gets a 40 hour a week job where he just does this during the day. He's works at a call center to pass the time and pay his bills. Hey, great. He works at a Lorica. Yeah. There you go. So, but then one day after work, he logs back into the Oasis and finds out Artemis found the Jade key at some point before this, he was actually watching a captain crunch commercial on something family ties or something he was watching. And he has a breakthrough for the Jade key clue. It was a reference to John Draper, a famous hacker in the seventies who went by the name captain crunch. He discovered that whistle toys found in cereal boxes emitted the correct hertz to trick analog phones into giving you free long distance calls. Are you familiar with that? Uh, no, but do people even remember that you had to pay for long distance calls? All right. <laughs> but <laughs> back, back in the seventies, you had yeah. pay for long, but you would blow the cereal whistle. And when Never you did it. it, it would send the hertz through the phone and the phone would just give you free long distance. Never do that. So uh, Wade couldn't crack the rest of the clue. But after Artemis had found the gate, thousands of Sixer ships, because they're dumb, they tracked her. So, like, everybody in the Oasis is like, wait a minute, why is there 50,000 Sixer ships going to this one specific location? So, it was obvious where this was. It was a specific sector. However, he knew the sector, but not the specific planet. Planet, yeah. So, Wade goes to investigate a planet called Arcade. Now, this is my favorite section from either the book or the movie. This is my favorite thing that happens. This is so good. So, there's a whole planet, which is a basically a giant video game museum. The planet's like popular for the elderly to come and relive like their childhood and their glory days. It's bowling alleys, pizza joints, game rooms, basically containing every arcade game ever made. You could play anything. That would be us, by the way. Yes, that would be us. Yeah. So Wade wandered through the labyrinth. That was the pizza planet. Basically, it's like a labyrinth, but the further you go in, the older the games get. Okay. So basically just like the one dot like type games. Mm -hmm. And then Pong. Yeah, so on. Eventually, Wade stumbles across a pizza place called Happy Time Pizza. It's a replica of a mid-80s family pizza parlor from Halliday's childhood. Now, Wade was really intrigued because through all of his research, he had never seen anyone mention that that was there. It was out of place. This pizza place probably should be in the Middletown replica where uh, he was from, not not on this planet. There shouldn't be a, a replica here. This out of place, a little weird. So inside, Wade sees non-playable characters tossing dough and the dining room filled with cocktail cabinets. And Brian Adams played while Wade spotted Defender, Robotron. And in between Dig Dug and Galaga, he saw a Pac-Man with a dark monitor. There was an out of order sign on it. Why would it be out of order in a simulation? Just a very specific detail or something to investigate. The cab was unplugged, so Wade plugged it back in and booted it up. When he pushed it back, he noticed a 1981 quarter resting on the metal brace that held the controls. He couldn't pick it up. It was stuck. It was like glued to the to the controls. He couldn't get it. When the machine booted, Jim, you'll appreciate this, listed a high score of 3,333,350 points or 10 points short of the highest possible score. Yeah. Of the perfect game. But unplugged Pac-Man cabs didn't save high scores. Another clue. The only way to beat that score, a perfect game. Wade would have to beat all 256 levels, eat every dot, eat all the fruit, 
<laughs> and eat all the ghosts. I just thought of King of the, uh, King of Kong, Brian Koo saying, "Hey, if anybody's interested, we got a Donkey Kong <laughs> kill screen coming up." Even though it's Pac Man, right? But same sentiment. Yeah, go watch uh, King of Kong. It's great. Weeby. When he got to level two fifty five, the pizza parlor began to play Pac Man Fever through the speakers oh, of the Buckner pizza parlor. And Garcia. A scoreboard notification told him the H. So right as he was on level 255, he gets a notification, which how annoying is that? You're like right there. (laughs) And he gets a notification. H has now found the Jade key or rather the Jade gate. So Wade still managed to complete the game. The screen said game over and the monitor shut off. So nothing happened for about 30 seconds. And then the monitor came back on, showed the four Pac-Man ghosts. The quarter on the marquee had now came loose and slid into Wade's hand. The item had now been into his added to his inventory, but he couldn't view it. So basically, he just had this quarter yeah. floating in his inventory. Could not select it. Could not do anything. Couldn't with it. read details about it or nope. anything. So it was just added to his inventory. So Wade uh, checked his email. H, in repayment, had given him a clue for how to find the key. He was paying him back for a joust hint with the uh, copper key. So the clue was the cover of a TRS-80 model game, model three game called Zork. Familiar with Zork? Yes. There was a planet near where Wade was that was a recreation of that game. Wade completed the game, blew the Captain Crunch cereal whistle, and he was given a clue for the gate, but he had to escape because the Sixers had descended on this planet. So he barely escaped with enough life. Basically, he almost zeroed out. So shortly after, as Wade tried to sleep, he was awakened by a scoreboard alert that Nolan Sorrento had found the Jade Gate and was now in first place on the scoreboard. Rather, strike that. Oh, and then two days later, Nolan Sorrento found the Crystal Key. So it was like Sorrento found the gate and then the key, and Sorrento was now in first place. The bad news got worse as Shoto visited Wade to tell him that the Sixers had killed Daito in real life. After Shoto left, Wade realized the Jade Gate test was a Blade Runner reference. He had to put the Jade Gate or the Jade Key in a Voight Kampf machine in one of the thousands of replica Tyrell buildings in the Oasis. So the nice. nice thing is, if you built something in the Oasis, your own planet, one of the default buildings that you could use was the Tyrell building. Oh, that's awesome. So there's like millions of them. Yeah. So he could go to any Tyrell building. Okay. So there wouldn't be a ton of Sixers there. So when Wade did this, he fell into a bowling alley game room and he was actually sucked inside a cabinet of Capcom's Black Tiger, which I'm not familiar with Black Tiger. I know of it, but I've never played it. So after he had to play like a 3D real life version of it rather than the side scroller. So after completing the gate, the clue for the crystal key was a logo of the rock band Rush. Oh, yes. Wade flew to the Rush inspired planet, which was inspired by the 2112 album. The quest was to find a guitar and place it at an altar. However, when Wade finds the guitar in this little cave, he played the song Discovery because he had okay. taught himself how to play guitar. Yeah. Well, when he had played Discovery on the guitar, a message is projected onto the cave wall that says you cannot complete the crystal gate alone. You can't unlock it alone. So it became obvious that the Sixers did not play the guitar when they got it because they've had this this gate now for days. They've had access to it and they can't unlock it. They should have won the contest already, but it's obvious that they didn't play the guitar. The final gate was an Anorax castle on Halliday's childhood D&D campaign inspired planet. So he built an entire planet to match his D&D campaign from his childhood. The Sixers used the Orb of Ossavox to put up a force field so that Wade or anyone else was unable to get in. So basically, 
they had thousands of Sixers just lined up to play this gate. This is where Wade, his bonkers plan is hugely different from the movie. The first thing Wade does, he emails Artemis, H, and Shoto, and he gives them detailed instructions for the second gate and the crystal key. Wade purposely commits credit card fraud with an IOI credit card so that IOI would arrest him. They made him an indentured servant in a call center. Obviously, it was awful, but this part was planned in advance. Wade would get very few breaks, like lunch breaks or sleep breaks or whatever. And when he would go to his individual pod to sleep, they essentially slept in like drawers. He could only watch training videos. That's it. He only thing he could do. The only, there was no entertainment. Just watch training videos. Hell. Yeah. Yes, like basically. However, Wade, well, think about how reliant we are on media now. And this is another 25 years in the future. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, so all he has is training videos. All he can do is work and sleep. That's it. And the only free time he has, he has to watch training videos. However, before Wade was arrested as part of his plan, he bought IOI employee access codes on the dark web. He was trying to bring down the orb of Osavux from inside IOI. He downloads all the information IOI has on the orb and the third gate. And I get that it's important to not let IOI win this contest, but doesn't this feel wrong? Like he's literally like cheating. He goes into IOI. He downloads everything they know about this. It just seems like dirty, like not great so in the ioi files he's hacking he sees what ioi knows about the remaining members of the high five in doing this he sees artemis's real identity and he finds out what she looks like again a little like spying on her i don't know yeah creep wade gets everything he needs and narrowly escapes ioi prior to his plan he had mailed a portable oasis rig to a post office which he directly goes to he hadn't been in the oasis in eight days so essentially it's been over 10 days since ioi has found the crystal gate but they still haven't beat it when he logs in he shared what he found by sending emails to artemis h and shoto but noticed that his fake identity bryce lynch (laughs) was wanted by police for escaping from ioi so wade deleted that identity and was finally wade watts again well, okay. Yeah, exactly. Easy, man. Jesus. So next, Wade gears up for the final stretch. He bought real life clothes. This is a little weird, and I just lost my place. He buys real life clothes that are wired for the Oasis. Okay. So essentially, you don't have to be like at a rig or wearing a visor or something because you can like just go to the store, buy clothes, and be on in the Oasis, I guess. So he went to an Oasis parlor. He rented the best rig that they had. Inside his own bay, he emails the breaking uh, the clips from IOI. So basically, he gets clips showing IOI kill Daito and showing Nolan Sorrento threaten the Sixers to abduct Shoto and Artemis in real life. Wade sends this to the news. In H's virtual chat room, Wade, Artemis, H, and Shoto figure out that the third gate, it's a schoolhouse rock reference, and it takes three crystal keys at once to open the gate. They were going to email every Oasis user to ask for their help in the fight. Before they departed the chat room, Ogden Morrow appeared in the room uninvited. He said that he and Halliday's avatars are immortal and invincible and could go anywhere and do anything they pleased. Before Jim's death, he told Og about the contest and asked him to intervene if it became necessary. So Halliday asked Morrow, even though they hadn't spoken in 10 years, he said, listen, I'm doing this contest. If it gets out of hand, if anything goes wrong, step in. So this was Og intervening. He offers a safe house for the four of the high five to finish the hunt at his home in Oregon. He made all the travel arrangements for Shoto to take a charter jet from Japan 
and Artemis to have a car driven down from Vancouver. Og asked if H could drive from his current location in Pittsburgh to Columbus to pick up Wade. When H arrived in an RV, Wade learns his best friend of years was not what he expected. Not a white dude, as Wade had known him, but a large-chested black woman about his age named Helen. They shared a laugh about it before arriving at Og's charter plane. H and Wade didn't have time to meet Artemis and Shoto as they got logged in and ready for battle. So Og had these like the best possible like rigs you could have. Yeah. So while Wade was inside IOI, he had ordered something to be delivered to Anorax Castle Monday at noon. Today was Monday, the day of the big battle. Seemingly every user inside the Oasis showed up to either fight or watch the battle. A pallet of droids, replicas of Johnny Five from Short Circuit, delivered Sixers at the castle. As the pallet had been sent by IOI, they allowed it in. Right at noon, as Wade promised, one of the Johnny Fives comes alive... <laughs> And makes his way. Go for the, Johnny Five! Makes, Go Johnny Five! Makes his way for the high-level wizard who is holding the orb of Asavox. Johnny Five detonates and vaporizes the wizard in the orb, dropping the shields. Then the largest battle in the history of the Oasis ensued. Shoto was killed in battle by Sorrento's Mecha Godzilla. Artemis and H made it to the Crystal Gate, but instead of following, Wade stays behind and kills Sorrento's avatar. Wade caught up to them, and as the three went to enter their keys. The Cataclysm was activated, killing them all. They'll kill us all. No. However, Wade's display said, congratulations, you have an extra life. Or alive. It was the quarter from the perfect game of Pac-Man on Planet Arcade. So if it wasn't obvious, when the uh, quarter slides down, that's the extra life. The final gate, you'll like this, is Tempest. Oh, there we go. Atari 1980. Such a great game. As it appeared, Wade would only have one credit to complete the game, and he wasn't that familiar or good at Tempest. However, Artemis gave him a tip through the the 1980 version. There was a glitch that would give you 40 credits if you died with a specific score. So he did that. He was given 40 credits. Wade defeated Halliday's high score after several tries, but a message popped up saying, prepare for stage two. Stage two was another movie that Wade had to act out and recite lines just as he did with war games. This one was Monty Python's Holy Grail. After completing Holy Grail, he was very familiar with that, thought it was fun. Wade appeared in Halliday's office where Oasis was created. Wade used a reference to Kira as a password on the same computer Matthew Broderick had in war games. How about a nice game of chess? It booted a number of systems in the room. So basically when he did this, all like every video game system ever made booted up. Halliday appeared and gave him a run. Oh, I'm sorry. So he knew in his heart of hearts that he had to play adventure. So that's what he did. He grabbed a copy of adventure, played it through, found the uh, Easter egg and beat it. So Halliday appeared, gave him the rundown. Wade's avatar, Parzival, was now like Halliday and Og's avatar, immortal all-powerful so the first thing wade does he restores the avatars along with all of their inventory for artemis h and shoto so they all are back in the game they set up uh, now shoto and R and shoto and h told wade that artemis wanted to go outside for some fresh air she also said she'd be outside waiting for wade when he was ready to meet her so before wade logs out the news feed shows sereno getting arrested for murder wade goes outside Spends the day on a bench in the sunshine with Artemis, real name Samantha, 
who he met for the first time. The book ends with Wade having no interest in ever logging back into the Oasis. I like how, I think that ends a lot better than the way the movie did. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. It's a lot better. A lot more romantic. It's better that he never meets her until that final moment. Yeah, I think that's And he did it all for her. So that was a lot, obviously. I'm sorry. (laughs) And uh, so let's talk about a few differences and guys uh, chime in when you can. So in the book, again, there are keys and gates just keys in the movie. The movie eliminates the first hundred pages of the book. Oh yeah. Which they're so good at building. So basically the movie starts with exposition and then they just give you some, uh, you know, some explanation and then it's just, okay, here we are. The first key. And he, if you notice a portal appeared in the movie that he's able to step through right into the race, but in the movie or in the book, you had to buy credits to go there. You need to fly like a ship, right? (laughs) Yeah, basically it's very Charlie bucket again, because he finds the, it just happens to be on Ludus where he is, which tells you though, that Halliday wanted a kid to win. Like he wanted at least to find, like he didn't want IOI or somebody like that to find it. There are in the book, there's a lot of specific rules for how the Oasis worked. So like your avatar could host these virtual chats, program your music channel with television or music. It's like futuristic social media meets an MMO. This is how Gunters gather information. I don't like how they made Halliday's journals in the movie. But, like, it's not compelling stuff for a movie to see people read. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, montage of people laying around reading. So much detail <laughs> yeah. things that I don't think you'd be bored watching. Right, that. exactly. Columbus was the biggest tech city in the world where all the gunners wanted to move. In the movie, Wade's already there. Which he doesn't go until Wade. No, in the book, he's in Oklahoma City, and he has so to like earn. like, halfway through the well, book. Well, it's very expensive to live in Columbus. Yeah. Now, the thing about Columbus, like, the, the big thing is they have the best inter- internet connection in the world. Yeah. So there's no lagging or anything in the Oasis in Columbus. In the book, the history of gregarious games and the Oasis, again, not important for the movie, but it's it's cool to learn about the history of the company, how it started, how they got there. In the book, Jim never went on a date with Kira. He was in love with her, but Morrow had met her originally, married her. She became an employee of gregarious. They both quit, and Morrow actually quit gregarious because they got too far away from making video games. So he didn't like that they were making like these simulation like yeah. world changing. He just wanted to make video games. So he felt that Oasis had become a prison for humanity. So rather than trying to fix the problems of the real world, everyone in the Oasis ignored the real world. And together, Moro and Mora uh, and Kira started the education company that Wade grew up with. Kira was killed in a car accident in 2034. And Moro was basically a recluse until Halliday's death and the hunt for the egg was announced. In the book, Wade dressing as Buckaroo Banzai and meeting Artemis at the Distracted Globe was actually because they were invited there for Ogden Morrow's 73rd birthday party. Parzival's trademark was his car, a DeLorean with kit from Knight Rider installed and Ghostbuster logos on the door. Which we didn't see Ghostbuster logos on the one in the movie. But we saw kit. But we saw the kit sensor bar in the front. And then a lot more magic items. The Sixers bought an item that could track a user. Therefore, if they showed up on the scoreboard, they could track the user, see where exactly where they were. IOI basically cheated and stopped at nothing to win in the book. Even murder. Even murder. Yeah, they were like full out, like we'll murder anybody we have to. (laughs) (laughs) So we learn more about IOI indenture camps. Basically, you were paid a salary for your week and for your work, minus the cost of housing, meals, medical, dental care, etc. If anything was left, it would be applied to the debt, but there was never anything left. You would just die there. And I hate that in the movie, Wade meets Samantha like halfway through the book ending is better where they meet after the hunts. Yeah. My my opinion. I think it would have been funnier 
if Samantha was not what he expected. Literally just some sort of seven foot five inch chud. I just think it would have been hilarious. He falls in love with just well, it's funny. somebody who looks like Andre the Giant. In the, in the, <laughs> I love you. In the book, he tells her, like, I don't care what you look like. Like, I'm so in love with your personality. Then he would see her after he met her on Tinder and go, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and he just tells her, I don't, I don't care. I need to be with you. Yeah. Anything else you guys wanted to mention from the book, movie, differences, things you liked, things you didn't like? Fuck. I'm trying to remember what I was going to say. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, There's not well, enough fucking. the battle fucking. where, like, um, <laughs> well, after Daito dies, uh, Shogo's like that, like, does that, like, samurai, like, almost speech. Yeah. Like, like, crying going into, like, final battle. It's so good. Yeah, it's really good. I like the Astro Boy, like, thing, that artifact, I think it's what it is. Ultraman? Like the is that what they unlock through that doing those TV? Yeah, so because Wade kind of didn't hit it off with Daito and Show, they kind of had a contentious like meeting. He kind of extends an olive branch. So you got to remember Wade, even when he gets the first key, he's like a level ten or a, he's a level three, I think. Yeah, he's really you low can be level, level ninety nine. Okay, and he's like a way a level three, but because he doesn't have much money, he's never been able to travel. And that's like the main source of what IROC makes fun of them about. Because like one time you can catch rides with users in the Oasis. So instead of spending your coins, Tunza could invite me to go to another planet and I can ride along with him and it'll cost his money, not mine. Okay. So one time IROC took Wade to a planet and Wade beat up the equivalent of like in Zelda hitting a bush. Yeah. Like he just like kept beating up bushes and like collecting Yeah, coins. it would give you like... I was like such a small amount. Yeah, and like, he just did it for hours. Yeah, he was he, farming. Yeah, he basically went yeah. and farmed coins to level up. So, but because Wade was trying to level up his character for the hunt, he basically also extended an olive branch, two birds, one stone, with Daito and Show. And he was like, "Hey, there's this Japanese TV show. We can play through all 39 episodes, and they do that with him. And at the end, you are given this like." capsule yeah it's like it's like a little what'd you say ultraman capsule yeah, yep and like you can only use it for like a certain amount of time it's for like three minutes yeah for like and then like after you use it you have to wait like so long to a use day. it again yeah, you can use it once a day or something which they end up using in the war scene they do use it in the movie but it's not it's a gundam rather than it's not even like reference they're just like oh what's that town <laughs> yeah there's no um <laughs> he like he sleeps through the whole first half of the battle in the movie and then he wakes yeah. up he's like oh gundam time yeah all right i apologize again <laughs> for the length of that so let's ask some questions what was your favorite easter egg spotted in the movie or the book if you've read it oh, there's so many of them especially in well since i know nothing of the book I would say my favorite Easter egg is so after reading the book and you see all these references and at the end of the movie, when you're in his room, everything that is important in the book is just plastered on the wall. Yeah, Halliday's childhood bedroom room, all the posters is like everything from the book. Yeah, There's like the war games poster. Lady Hawk. Yep. Yeah, there's like all types of stuff in his room at the end of the movie that's important to the book. There's like a lot of references to Joust. I think that's my favorite Easter egg because you wouldn't really know the riff. Well, there's there's the DeLorean, Freddy Krueger, Master Chief, Robocop, Combat, Robocop, Chucky, Buckaroo Banzai, Say Anything, Saturday Night Fever, Iron Giant. I mean, there's like, it's endless. But yours, by far, you caught it after you just watched this movie for the 22nd time. The neon light. From the movie Cocktail, yeah. Cocktail and Dreams, yeah. which uh, you can listen to our episodes of all of that in <laughs> which we included Cocktail on Apple and Spotify. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I also like when, so they kind of reverse the roles, obviously. Wade goes to IOI. 
in the movie, it's Samantha who goes to IOI. In the book, it's Wade who kills Sorrento, goes back to kill Sorrento. In the movie, it's Artemis who does it. So Artemis uses a mad ball to blow up. Pretty sweet. The Mecha Godzilla. So that's probably my favorite one. Not counting cocktails and dreams. Tons of. I was just thinking, uh, it's not really an Easter egg, but when Irock's like, I got 10 years of this shit and it's just pouring out like yeah. loot. Like I never noticed. Like, well, that's, there's so much. There's like a treasure chest. Yeah. Well, Jim like, made a, uh, an astute observation, which is when, when Irock gets shot with a weapon, his arm blows off and yeah, during money game. going everywhere. But it's kind of like a, an allegory. It's like, it's an allegory. Yeah. Because it's like, People spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on their online avatars, so it makes perfect sense that the avatar's blood is all money. So it makes perfect sense. He ran back through it with his arm grow back. He it did because by the end, he, yeah, before yeah, he, yeah. He'd go to yeah. that portal. But I was in my head, he's like he just drugs back through the money. Yeah, maybe he used something to heal himself. But yeah, either way, it yeah, that's when we get to your part where he's I have ten years of shit inside of me. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about some logic. It all could have been different, Mister Walker. Should have allowed nature to take its course. Anybody have anything right off the bat? I got a bunch. Logic, mostly for the movie. I really don't, because I've since I've only seen this movie once, I, I don't know how to interpret what would logic be versus the book. All right, well, let me go ahead and list the ones I have, and then you guys can chime in if it triggers anything. So the end of the movie drives me insane. So the High Five own the company equally, they shut down IOI loyalty centers. Great. But they decide to shut down the Oasis for two days a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's dumb. People's jobs are in the Oasis. And like shutting down the Oasis so people can experience life, it's a good idea. It's like saying, get outside, experience the real world. Even though there's wars, famine, you know, lack of food, like there's no economy planets outside. dying. Yeah, there's nothing out there. But they don't mention in the movie, but the reason, again, that they spend all the time there is like life's not sustainable. But with everyone's jobs, like no one works a job in real life. They work jobs in the Oasis. So if you shut down the Oasis for two days a week, the amount of adjusting necessary for all of these companies to be like, <laughs> like he, it's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. They would have to like roll it out slowly. Yes. Like cut like an hour. It's off not as like simple Tuesday. as just we're closing on Tuesdays and Thursdays. <laughs> yeah, there would need to be a government cool. assistance. A Go stimulus. outside, you bastards. <laughs> they do get like, what, $300 trillion that they could roll out. Like, yeah. Money. Yeah, but what the hell could you do outside in in Columbus in that movie? There's nothing to do. There's nothing to There's do. There's piles yeah, of shit everywhere. Murder. His fucking van. If you would, if he would have said to any one of his buddies, if he had known them beforehand, hey, where do you do your oasis setup? Yeah, go down this desolate road. You'll find mounds and mounds of car parts. You'll find a slight hill. Go down that hill into this little alcove you can barely fit in. There you'll find an '84 GMC van. I'm in there. Yeah. I mean, come on. So when Sorrento <laughs> activates the Cataclyst, he kills every single player in the Oasis except for Parzival because of the extra live. First, why would that exist unless it was like a mod someone made? And I mean, they say that in the movie. They say, why does this exist? And then two, and more importantly, when you make... So Cataclyst goes off, there's everybody's dead. Couldn't you hurry Make a new character, go to Planet Doom, and just collect all of that stuff. You'd think. You'd be the great, like, you would instantly become, like, a god. Like, if you could just go and run through that battlefield and collect all that stuff, unless 
we're led to believe that it destroys all the artifacts as well. Not for my own. Well, this is where it's going to get kind of nerdy, but I guess it fits in. Most computer programs, early computer builds, like you we, you talk about the TRS-80, Commodore and all that stuff. They had a self-destruction program called Halt and Catch Fire. There was a, yeah. they based the TV show off Halt right. and Catch Fire. I mean, it was loosely connected, but it all depended with computers. Most had an in-depth code. They would basically wreck the entire system. Yeah. You can destroy everything. So in a way, that weapon was a halt and catch fire code. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in I will say in the book, they explain this a little bit because when the cataclysm goes off, Wade is like, there's nothing but white. Like yeah. even the worlds have been destroyed. Like everything is gone. Like he's the only thing existing, but the artifacts are still there. So they're written into the code because he ends up having to like wander until he finds an artifact. That allows him to get up to the door. Oh, yeah, final. I forgot about that part. Yeah, he has to be a, able to reach it. Yeah, it's a little weird. When Wade kills Artemis's character, he zeroes her out because she's playing from inside IOI. He does this so she can escape before they find her in there. But how does he know that that would help? I think he kills her because so, she doesn't want to leave. Yeah. I think he forced all that years of work. We were talking about that. Yeah. Too. She just lost everything. Yeah. yeah, she's like one of the most popular people inside the entire Oasis. And he's just like, not anymore, bitch. <laughs> Fuck you, Daigo. You're gone. <laughs> the other thing is, if this technology is available to create this virtual world for Oasis, wouldn't there be competitors? Like, wouldn't some other smart company develop their own version of the Oasis? Apple. And you'd have, probably, and you'd have people who preferred the alternative version of Oasis. And well, you would think IOI would have done that. Right. With all their of, resources. Yes, instead of trying to take over... And your own shit. Trillions of dollars to try and take over the Oasis. Spend that trillions of dollars to just develop your own version of the Oasis. I guess unless like they had like something patent that like this is the best you can offer, you have to go through the Oasis. Maybe. That's a good point. Because like if they develop that technology, then if no one could crack the code or make it like lag free or do whatever better. Like, look, YouTube's still around, and there's been so many other competitors. Sure. The last one, why didn't they kill Sorrento's avatar when they did, like, the Inception in the movie? So, I still, this one's rough for me. They convince Nolan Sorrento that he is in real life when he's actually still in the simulation, so, like, Inception, by, like, Wade makes his appearance look like himself. They just explain it as, like, age has hacked the whole thing. Why didn't they kill Sorrento? They wouldn't actually be killing the real Nolan Sorrento. They just, just kill his avatar. Right. Also, on the flip side of that, why wouldn't he just see if he could take it off again? He's like, he's like, oh, is this, you know, this is, you're in my office? And it's like, yeah, we're in your office. And then wouldn't you, like, touch your face? Something. You wouldn't know it's there. It just seems, yeah, exactly. Wh- it, where's my guards? How'd you get in here? Right. Yeah. There's, like, a there's, million things. This like, kid's 15. Yeah, <laughs> it takes him a little bit. He starts, like, blabbing, too. Like, he starts, like, giving them what they ask for. The whole logic of his entire room in the real world makes no sense. Why would you have the big-ass pod right as you walk into the door? You have this massive <laughs> room. Put it in the fucking middle. Yeah. It makes more sense there aesthetically. And second of all, why the hell would you put a post-it note on your passport, your password, right on the damn thing? Because he's dumb. He also yeah. gets a glare to see a door open that, yeah, like, well, that shouldn't be that, there. No, that, that room is like where the, all the logic problems happen because Artemis just runs across the room when there's like ten people. In yeah, there nobody notices. Like, hey, he's a little bit smarter in the book. Yeah, like he, yeah. they make him like his background's very capable. That he can, like, he doesn't need as much help from IOI. It sounds like he was just like a. Like an intern. Yeah, right. 
So, okay, what is the legacy of this movie? Now, I will say there's a sequel book, which I would imagine leads to a movie sequel. Now, the interesting thing, original books from 2011, movie came out seven years later in 2000. Well, they bought it a year earlier. So basically eight years to make the first movie. Well, if the book comes out now, a week from this recording, when does the second movie come out because i would imagine a second movie i have a happen. feeling they'd fast track the hell out of it i mean when you make 500 you made they made over 400 million dollars but it seems movie. like a movie like this would be hard to make yeah it's not exactly like an overnight project all that with all the licensing all the licensing all the all uh the, animations. the second one be is is like cult like throwbacks and references well and that's my next question so what do you want out of the second book or movie um i know the plot's kind of hard to like pinpoint but it could be st- cool to be like really far in the future and then there's like maybe problems with the oasis like as things have progressed there's starting to be like errors and people are like hacking into like actual like full programming it's just like a way of like it should get to the point where oasis is no longer sustainable but since everybody hasn't been using real world type you know natural gases that the world has healed itself so they have to readjust to real life again. That's a good. That would be. I good would one. like that because, like, the book ends. Really Basically, well. that's the goal. Yeah, is, is that to bring they want to? Yeah, is to bring back, spend the money for good, mm-hmm. and bring back real life. Because yeah. so many people are poor, and that's like half. Or they the move it to Mars. Oh yes. <laughs> no, come on. Uh, <laughs> so I will say what I want is a reunion with Halliday. So in the movie version, they kind of make it. You know, Wade asks Halliday, he says, are you really dead? And Halliday says, yes. And he says, well, then what are you? And Halliday goes, fuck you. <laughs> and, uh, what is he, French? <laughs> fuck you. <yeah>. Fuck ya. <laughs> and uh, he tells him, goodbye, Wade. He just leaves with his eight-year-old. So son. he's something. He's a... What'd you say? He like... That... W- that that he had an avatar, he's been dead for, you know, a while, but he's, or not, I shouldn't say dead in real life, but say he's on the moon. He's so smart, maybe he created a moon base or something. Well, right, like he faked his own death, or he says really, I, I think what it is, is in the book they talk about this, like, he was always tinkering with games and stuff, yeah. like always trying to invent new stuff. I mean, like, I think he's made an evolved version of AI. Yeah. Because, especially with, like, the Blade Runner reference. Mm-hmm. Like he is made He's a replicant, a total like replicant, self-aware version or the server is his brain. Actually, the Ooh. whole world he's uploaded. He's his Skynet. brain. Yeah. To Oasis. There's no Oasis. You take off the thing. Earth is actually fake. He created that. <laughs> he is God. Is really deep. Now. Oh, my God. Now it's religious. He's actually Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, OK, let me read this. I just found. Uh, do you guys want to hear this? It's information about the second one. Sure. All right. All right. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I just read the entire plot of the movie and the book. For the second movie. Okay. An unexpected quest. Two worlds at stake. Are you ready? Days after Oasis founder James Holiday's contest, Wade Watts makes a discovery that changes everything. Hidden within Holiday's vaults, waiting for his hair, his heir to find. Or his hair. I think it'd be better. Lies a technological advancement that will once again change the world and make Oasis more wondrous and addictive. A Keurig. Even Wade dreamed possible. With it comes a new riddle, a new quest, a last Easter egg from Halliday, hinting at a mysterious prize, and an unexpected, impossibly powerful, new and dangerous rival awaits. One who will kill millions to get what he wants. Wade's life and the future of the Oasis are again at stake. 
But this time, the fate of humanity also hangs in the balance. Is it Thanos? <laughs> it's a crossover. <laughs> so, I, I I will say my first reaction, because it's the first time I read that. No. It's some I, good and bad. Like, the good... It's kind of like what I referenced. Like, Halliday has is onto something new that he developed before he died. But then it's kind of like, we're going to do it all over again. Yeah. And it's like new villain, Raise new class, new Easter egg. And it's like somebody's going to kill millions. Great. So. But if Wade has like a Halliday's like ability in Oasis, like can he just go right to it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They've made him. Yeah, I, I'm very curious to see because at the end of the book, he literally is given... Like he's all powerful, ind- immortal, indestructible. Yeah, like, he can go invisible because that's how Morrow would come into their chat rooms. He would be invisible, basically eavesdropping. If Wade has that power, it's just like, all right, who's this villain? Go there, kill him. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I don't. Can they just destroy it, like office space it? Like, yeah, just yeah. like, oh, this one's good enough, guys. Hitting a printer with a bat. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> all right. Just a server. Stick around for some plugs. This is your lifeguard, Matt. Whether you're just dipping those toes or diving into the deep end with us, thanks for listening to the Pool Scene Podcast. Pool Sceners, thank you for checking out the pod this week. Remember, if you want to know what's going on, any updates, any exciting things coming around the corner, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Pool Scene Podcast, also at Pool Scene Pod on the Twitter. Also, if you want to drop us a line, send us an email at Pool Scene Podcast at gmail.com. Any movie ideas, we have some amazing movies coming up. If there's a movie you want us to cover, let us know. You're on the journey with us, and now back to Kevin. Thank you, Jim, for that special message. You're right. So I, uh, again, want to remind you, please stick around, listen to it back to back. We didn't do a pool check this week because you got a lot of me talking. I hope I didn't scare everybody away because I talked a whole lot. Yeah. I hope I have a voice left for the, for the pool check. So we are doing an after hours episode. You guys able to stick around? Yeah. Corey, yeah. Penza? Oh, shit. He has a cramp. He so has I think a that's fart. A, I think that's a no. I think he's not sticking around. I think he's dying. He's uh, <laughs> did not play cramp. Uh, so yeah, everyone, uh, thank you for listening to me talk a whole lot. Please stick around. We got a very special treat for you. An episode length pool check on our after hour special. And Jim, did you want to plug the Instagram? Uh-huh. Oh yeah, make sure you check us out on Instagram, the Insta Pool One Hundred. Everybody, hashtag Insta Pool One Hundred. Get us to one. 100 followers on Instagram and once again we will spin the wheel and make the deal. All right, with that said, join us for the after hours. Until then, Silencia. Yes, I got to be part of it. <laughs> <laughs>